Welcome to the podcast. Join Nate and Mike, lifelong friends, as they discuss stocks and investing. The name says it all. This This is is Two Buds Buds Talk Talk Stocks. Stocks. All opinions expressed by Nate and Mike are their own. Please do not buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Welcome to the pod. We are live. How are you doing on this glorious evening, Mike? I'm doing fantastic, man. How are you doing? I'm, I'm also doing fantastic as well. Um, good to hear. Good to hear. I want to do one of our favorite segments. It's when we recap some of our amazing tweets from uh, our Twitter account, which is at to the number. So it's at two buds talk stocks. And most people know that Deucer Tom does most of the tweets. So sometimes I like to call him out on some of his good tweets, some of his bad tweets. Mm-hmm. So Deucer Tom, you're 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 back in the uh, limelight again. Um, what do you think, Nate? You want to go through some Twitter tweets? Let's do Twitter tweets. I like that. Yes, Twitter tweets. Twitter tweets. Um, That's going to be what the new segment is called, Twitter tweets. I like it. All right. This first one, Deucer Tom, this is a little messed up. This was where he sent a tweet to app blockbuster that says remember when netflix said they could be bought by blockbuster for 50 million (laughs) dollars too soon blockbuster did not respond Uh, does anybody even still is that an active twitter account yeah it's like active they and they they're doing all these tweets this one was we're back from the grave and then that's how he replied to it so that's a good one um this is a uh let's see here this one's really interesting and i and i like this one this one's actually a tweet from dividend diplomats their uh, handle is at dvdnd diplomats and they had a tweet where which we we uh, retweeted this one the dow's highest yielding stocks all right and the dow's lowest yielding stocks and i think this is a rare instance where you and i are going to agree 100 percent. so the top five highest yielding stocks for the dow i'm going to read them to you well uh is is verizon vz 5.7 percent dow i love their symbol d-o-w 5.5 percent i still have a little i still like dow you love a good old-fashioned materials company Mm -hmm. uh. 5.1 by the way i still like what we talked about google split amazon split i see google replacing ibm uh you could do you could replace both those you could just take out um ibm and you could take out verizon and put in google and uh, amazon in in both their places i think following except what i don't like about your logic is Mm -hmm. staying on track five highest yielding stocks, Walgreens, number four, I will take Walgreens out and I will put Amazon in there. And I like Verizon. Especially after the purchase of health one, right? I mean, this is need more evidence that Amazon is, is trying to take over uh, the healthcare space as well. I love that. It was what uh, 2.5 bill. Yeah. I mean, again, couch cushion change Mm -hmm. for them. I like it a lot. 3M. 4.4%. 4.4%. So these are the five highest yielding stocks, Verizon, Dow, IBM, Walgreens, 3M. I'm just going to tell you right now, I of these five, if I had to do a stud or dud, stud for me has got to be number one Verizon of mm-hmm. all those five. 
and the dud are all the other four combined? They're, yeah, I mean, I, if, if I had to own any of those, I don't know. It definitely okay, wouldn't be. Okay, stutter idea. dud. You got to pick one. You got to ditch one. What are you doing? I might just, as far as the consistency and knowing what I'm going to get, I would probably just take uh, Walgreens. I mean, mm. Verizon has so many capital expenditures. They're always constantly upgrading the network, but the fixed costs of something like Walgreens is probably far more consistent. You can predict their cash flows and it will continue to pay a, a dividend. I don't think it's ever going to, the price is not going to move much, but I think that's the whole point of why people would buy these stocks is because they know what they, they, they're going to get. It's just, it makes me think of the scene. If you remember Tommy boy, when he's trying to sell brake pads and he, and he goes to that one old guy and he's just like, but it doesn't say guaranteed on the box. And he's like, man, if you want, I can take a dump in a box and mark it guaranteed, but it doesn't change, change what it is. It just makes you feel good. He's like, helps you sleep at night or whatever. And if you're buying IBM, uh, Walgreens or Dow any of those, you, just because you want to sleep safe at night, you know, like it's not going to move. I'm going to get that dividend and I'm never going to beat the market, but I'm okay with that. And there's probably plenty of people out there that have built up tremendous net worth that much rather just play it safe that way. So kudos to them. Maybe I'll be in that position someday too, where that's what I want to do is be in more in preservation, preservation mode. Here's my little so, rant on that. On the other, here are the lowest yielding stocks in the Dow. Apple, 0.6%, Visa, 0.7%. These are the yields of the, the, the dividend yields. Microsoft, 0.95%, Nike, 1.12%, uh, United Health, 1.27%. And here's my point I'm trying to get at. I like dividends. Mm -hmm. I really do like dividends, but I'm never going to just buy a company because of its dividend. And I'm telling you right now, I would invest in the bottom five all day long with those weak dividends. And I guarantee you that I'm going to outperform. Yeah, I said guarantee. I'm going to outperform the higher dividend paying stocks in the top five. Because when I look at the bottom five, Apple, Visa, Microsoft, Nike, United Health, you and I could really have a valid argument and discussion of what's a stutter dud in there. Because I like them all. There's, I, I would ditch Nike if I had to, but they're, those, those are legit stocks. And so to me, you want to put together your portfolio. You want to own Verizon. You want to own Walgreens. Great. Maybe you also own United Health, Apple, and Microsoft along with it. And I don't think you just, just Google, you no know, pun intended because they don't pay a dividend, top five dividend paying stocks in the Dow and just buy all five of those because you're going to get the return. I guarantee you all five of the bottom five if you looked at the last 10 years, probably are outperforming the top five. They are. I mean, they've performed over the last 10 years. Uh, they perform better like you. I think they will perform over the next 10 years better. I mean, they've all raised their dividends for at least 10 years. They will continue mm -hmm. raising that dividend. But you also had the added effect, as we've talked about before. I mean, I like dividend growth, but I also like price appreciation, stocks that are going to go up. And when you add those two together, that return is going to far be far better than those top five. The other thing I would say too, is that a couple of our favorite games here is just uh, favorite, most recognizable brands. I mean, when you look at that Apple logo, you don't need to see it. You just need to see the Apple. It's known worldwide. Microsoft Windows logo, it's known worldwide. The swoosh, the, the V for Visa, 
These are companies that just based on their brand recognition alone are not just known here, but everywhere in the world. And some of these, I would even argue, might pass the snap test. You snap your fingers and Apple's gone. You're going to notice it. Uh, mm. Windows is gone. Every business that, 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 that uses computers is going to notice it. Visa, I would almost say, was as much as we use credit, it, you, you snap your fingers. So just on things where you're taking out numbers or metrics, just what we say. I, is, I'm going to push back on that too. Mm -hmm. Walgreens disappears. Are you going to notice? No, I mean, you still I, have I other things like CVS. You still have Target. You have Walmart. There's a whole bunch of other players, but Apple... Just, that's an Can't iconic brand. Walgreens Windows. is in the Dow. <laughs> Walgreens and IBM. I know we talked about it on previous pods, and but I'll make a quick point. I've been on my huge ETF dividend kick lately, mm -hmm. but the VOX, that's an ETF where you can have 16% is in Facebook, 12% is in, in Google, another 12% in Google Class A, and then you have 5% in Netflix. You buy that, you get all of those. So every 16%, of your $100 you put in goes straight into uh, Facebook and then you get paid a dividend because you have Verizon, AT&T, Charter, Comcast, and so forth. So I think we agree that you're going to take the bottom five all day. So I thought that was a good uh, tweet by Dividend Diplomats for sure. I got um, any other thing to add before I do one more tweet here? I um, Those uh, those five uh, companies going back to them in the bottom five, I mean, between brand recognition and the snap test. But if you did want to just do some also simple back of the uh, envelope numbers, they all have very strong balance sheets. I mean, very low debt and they generate tons of cash. And uh, again, if we're you and I both in our love for dividends, what's the number one thing you need if you're going to pay back a dividend is you need plenty of free cash flow. If you also want to buy back the shares, cash flow. And I think all those bottom five produce even more cash flow than those top five. I think they're also probably far better capital allocators because they're not just rushing out and raising those dividends. They're doing it incrementally and ensuring that they can still have money left over to, to uh, buy back shares, uh, pay, pay down uh, debt, or just let it add up on the, uh, on the balance sheet. So I just echoing your sentiment, I'll take those bottom five any day of the week and twice on Monday. Here's one you might not know. And then I've actually got to do a quick uh, mailbag question I got, mm -hmm. which is a very important one. So here's a funny one. This is a good one from at dividend growth. Can you name this product, Nate? Mm. It's vegan. It's gluten-free. It's dairy-free. It's locally grown. It's renewable. It's low carb. And it sells 5 billion a year. Um, does it kill anyone? It does. <laughs> does it kill yeah. a lot of people? Oh yeah, that was a little uh, bit of a joke. I, yeah, I was gonna say I actually saw this one myself. You saw a tweet, a little bit of a chuckle. Uh, tobacco. Yes, uh, to to tobacco. I have the little thing on the uh, ESG. Clever there, definitely uh, on the environmental part. I don't know about funny, the social funny, part. Funny but... dividend, dividend growth. All right, so here's a question I got from this is a little bit of a mailbag this is from brian from cincinnati what is the largest percentage of your portfolio you will have in one individual stock love the pod thank you appreciate the feedback there brian go Bengals. thank you for the love brian here's my take and i'm gonna get your thoughts on it and we can go on a little bit of a rant here 
And there's one company that there's probably 50 different companies that can derive for this, but I never want to have, no matter what happens, no matter what the product is, no matter how great it's been to me, I never want to have more than 5% of my entire portfolio in one individual stock. And the reason why I do that is because of General Electric. And let me kind of explain for a minute. It used to be for all the, feel free to correct me if I'm wrong here, and maybe Deuce or Tom can look this up, but from the 70s, 80s, 90s, you could not go wrong with having General Electric in your portfolio. It's going to be here forever. And it essentially became a darling of the Dow. It became one of the biggest companies in the world. And now it's nothing. It's just, it's just, it's nothing. And I guarantee you the people in the 90s had 18, had 19, had 20% of their portfolio just in GE because of this logic. And now where are they? So even Apple, Apple in five years might not even exist. I know that sounds crazy. Um, you know, again, we're referring back to our, our, our uh, Blockbuster gag that we had earlier, but these companies, Amazon, Google, Blockbuster, what, or, or excuse me, um, Microsoft, Apple, whatever, five, 10 years, they might not even be around. And what I'd like to do, and then I'm going to turn it over to you to help bring home my point that I made. And I'm sure I'm losing out on gains. You could say to me, Mike, if you had 15% of your portfolio in Amazon 10 years ago, you would have made all this money. Totally fair. And maybe I'm going back to your earlier point of, I want to sleep at night knowing that I don't have too much exposure to any one individual stock. I've got the largest companies in 2012 right here in front of me. Do you want to go through that? Do you Let's, want me to add, hey, Deucer, Tom, send that over to Nate. All right. Got it. Now, I don't know if you know where I'm going with this and you want to take the lead on this and you want to go through the list, but this is the reason when we go through this list and we go can go through 2001, 2010, 1995, 2000. 18, whatever. And you'll understand where my point's going with this. So Nate, what I have to help really strengthen my argument point, whatever you want to say, is I have the 2002 full list of companies ranked by revenue. Numbers don't lie. And my point is, is if we went to 1995, 1985, 2005, you will see why no matter how much conviction I have, I'll never have more than 5% in one company. And I'm going to tell you why. Do you, do you want to start with the list? I know Deucer Tom sent it to you. Do you want to start or what sticks out to you? You tell me. Yeah, I'll, I do. I'm looking at this. I'll, I'll pick a, a few out of here and then uh, you can pick a few and we can go back and forth. But I'm looking there. It jumps out at me is uh, right there, num number six, good old-fashioned GE, bringing, bringing good things to life. But uh, uh, I don't know if I'm going to steal your thunder here, but one above that, this one also really <laughs> jump, jumps out at me. Oh, this one. Uh, anybody remember a company called Enron and uh, what happened to them? They, uh, they went the way of the dodo bird. And uh, I'll just say here, my least favorite company outside of uh, AT&T, which is still in the top 20, I IBM is also in the top 10. So number nine, IBM. And look, Walmart, number one, kudos to you. 
you're still crushing it. I'll even give Exxon a little bit. They're definitely their revenue is no way they're number two, not even close. Ford, I mean, come on, let's not let's let's not get serious. Let's not make this too much mm-hmm. of a joke here. Um, IBM number nine, AIG, AI, American AIG doesn't exist anymore, right? I think they still exist, but. They're not in the top 12. No, did they have to, they might've had to do a a city group type thing and do a reverse split back in the day with the financial crisis to, to stay afloat because I think they were heavily, heavily exposed to mortgage backed securities during the, uh, the financial crisis. So I believe they definitely are still public, but they took a big loan from the, uh, the government. So I, I don't think it's, no, it's definitely not on today's top 20 list. Here's one. I love number 20. Uh, on the list of revenue by millions, <laughs> Fannie Mae. <laughs> Fannie Mae also is funny too, because I don't think that one is public anymore. I think it's been privatized by the government, but isn't Fannie Mae also one of the ones in um, in Good to Great in that book? Yes, that's in, yeah, so is Circuit City. Circuit City, and so is Walgreens for that matter too. So, Well, that's, that's my it. whole point. I've talked about it. I know I've talked about it on pods before is that Good to great. It's a great book, but they should be like good to great to gone. Yeah. Or if you're still around, just mediocre paying a dividend, like uh, in the case of uh, Walgreens, but uh, barely not even probably growing more than inflation. Now, when you figure out how high inflation is. Here's what's crazy, though. And again, I think I made my point, right? All I'm getting at is that it could be intent. You know, we look back now, Apple, you know, is Apple and Microsoft and Facebook and all these companies that are in the top 15 holdings, half of them aren't going to be there in 15, 20 years. That's just the math supporting you. Here's what's crazy though. If you go back to O2, you have Sears at number <laughs> 32 and Target was behind Sears in revenue. Isn't that crazy? Uh, yeah. And then to tack onto that, JCPenney is uh, rounding out the top 50. And, well, you uh, even had a uh, Procter and Gamble behind Target. Yeah, and the th- other thing we'll say about this too is that I mean, you have companies like J.C. Penney and Sears in here that that aren't around. You have things like uh, Fannie and Enron, but even rounding out the top fifty, the companies that that generate the the most revenue, and and this is is some of the biggest companies today. Apple is is not even in the top fifty. Microsoft is not even in the in the top. Microsoft 50. is. 72. Yeah. And that's just to say, now this isn't an exact correlation to the market cap size because these, these companies all have trillion dollar market caps. But as far as the revenue that they're, they're generating, it's, I mean, if Walmart was coming in at 219 uh, uh, billion there in, in 2002, I mean, Apple is, they can almost do that in a, in a, in a few quarters every year. So it just, to your point, it shows how much change can change. And there's a good possibility. We look back at this in 20 years and Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, I mean, they'll very well could be around, but are they going to be as relevant? What is it? Because it's probably exactly. going to be something. If you start looking down the list of largest companies now, start looking below 50 and I guarantee there's some, some gems in there that are, are going to be, and that's the hard part. Huh? So let's do, I want to say, let's look at 2012 and then current. How about that? All right. Because 2012, Exxon, Walmart switched, number one and number two. I can respect that. Chevron coming in at three. ConocoPhillips. GE still number six. That shocks me that in 2012, P 
people still were holding. And that's my whole, again, going, I'm just reiterating my point. People were still fit, probably had 18, 20% of their entire portfolio in GE still 10 years later, still the number six spot, right? We can mm -hmm. probably argue about that. Fannie Mae was number eight in revenue. HP wow. is in there. This, and I mean, Verizon's this, still in there. And guess what? You have Apple shows up. It's now in the, uh, in the uh, yeah, it's inside the top 20. I Number mean. 17 was Apple and Microsoft was 37. And there you go. Target's now 38. Sears isn't even on the list. That's my point too. You know, we, we, we said all the stuff about Sears. You know, I mean, I guarantee you, if you went back 30 years ago, Sears was probably in the top five. Wouldn't you guess? Um, yeah. I mean, at one time it was, it was way higher as far as the uh, revenues they generated, sure. especially at their heyday in the eighties. I mean, they built the, the Sears tower. I mean, they were making all sorts of, and you, uh, crazy they were money. in the top 30 and they're not even, they're not even in the top 100. And that's a good point. I know people were still holding on to that Sears using logic, like, Hey, people got to get their tires changed. People got to get, you know, appliances. Yeah, let's let's look at current then. All right. So, so one thing I want to say about GE yeah. too is that um, you can take a couple little nuggets of wisdom out of here. I mean, my favorite Jack Bogle quote: "Instead of uh, finding the needle in the haystack, just buy the haystack." And this is just really sums that up very well. If you don't know what the biggest companies of tomorrow are going to be, or you really don't have the interest in doing research to to try to find out, or if you just don't want to hold stocks and stay on top of them to see if things are changing in, in, in your thesis. Nothing wrong with buying a good old fashioned index fund because as we can see from the year 2002 to 2012, how it's changed and now from 2012 to 2022. I mean, if you're buying an index fund like the, uh, the tracks, the S and P some, some uh, money manager that runs the portfolio has done all the work. All those companies have dropped off. The new ones have been added. Uh, positions have been reallocated. So all the guesswork has been taken out of that. And you're still always going to own the slice of the largest companies at the time. Well said, well said. Um, let's see here real quick. 2022. Uh, I mean, we've got, there, there's not really a lot of, actually, there are some surprises. If you had to do Sir Tom, what are you sending me here? He's he had he had this perfect layout for 2010 and for uh or 20 2002 2012 2022 you've got apple in there he's juking the numbers he's trying to get carnival cruise in there that's what he's doing <laughs> <laughs> that was great going through some of his dogs that he had <laughs> and one more thing about ge since i'm on our rant about it let's go this is uh this is uh, also a good point if you're going to invest in individual companies. I mean, we've talked plenty about this. You don't have to check every single day or every single week, month, but at the minimum, every quarter when numbers are released, take a peek at that earnings uh, release, listen to the conference call, if nothing else, the Q&A, the quarter app makes that real easy, and listen to what management is saying. Are they holding up their end of the agreement? Are they doing what they said they would do? Don't worry so much about what Wall Street is. And a company like GE, it was around 2008 with the financial crisis that they really got exposed in this company that everybody through the 80s loved and was this huge conglomerate. It was right there in the word conglomerate. They own so many businesses from healthcare to jet engines 
to um, financial stuff, to appliances, to yeah. light bulbs. Instead of, I mean, it, it seems so obvious in hindsight now, but doing all this stuff that they did so many different things, how can you focus on a business and do any one thing really well if you have so many different things that you're doing? And the financial piece is really what got them exposed. So there was room for people if they were paying attention to this and around 2008, 2009, that the signs were there. It was starting to crack that like, maybe this isn't the greatest business. Now that's hindsight. But this might help with people going forward too. If you see a company that is has their fingers in a whole lot of different pots, I mean, it might might be a, a thing where you just put like one of those question marks next to it and say, ooh, is this something that really fits in or needs more, more research? The best companies in the world, they really have a wheelhouse and they stick to it for the most part. So I'm going to push back on a stock that both you and I love. Mm-hmm. So, and by the way, you said earnings, GE, I think with the week we have of earnings, we can talk some earnings, but mm-hmm. I'm going to push back because I have a position in the stock. You have a position in the stock. Is Amazon the modern day GE then? You've got healthcare, you've got streaming, you've got consumer goods, you've got your hand, you've got the, the web services. Could we um, look back in 10 years and be like, they weren't in their wheelhouse. They should have just stuck to consumers or web. You know I would say, I would say absolutely. And even a, probably a better to this is that um, we've talked about this. There was this great article that did the timeline of, of Sears and Roebuck from their start to their, to their demise. And uh, when you backdrop it against Amazon and their rise, it was very similar to just starting off with selling books and all the things that they've done. And we just touted them not too long ago. Like, look at this, they're getting into the healthcare space. So there probably will become a point where they become oversaturated and maybe Mm -hmm. they aren't too much. But here's what I would say, just as GE was a darling of of Wall Street all throughout the 70s, especially the 80s and was growing it. And then even through the 90s, if we're paying attention, Maybe the time will come too, especially if we're diligent about staying on top of our companies that if Amazon starts getting oversaturated, that will pull back. And this ties back to your very first point. If you're also trimming your position, if Amazon becomes too large of a position and you start selling it off too. You're protected. You, yeah, you're protected on, on the downside as well. So uh, to your point, yes, absolutely true that it could become GE or probably a better analogy is Sears. But when we look at the run that Sears had, I mean, it was a really long time before that happened and the same with GE. And I would imagine it's going to be Amazon. So just by being aware of this, I think we're still in better shape as investors. Well, and that's kind of where how I play it is when you sell, because we dollar cost average all the time. We talk about that all the time, right? Is that when you go to sell a stock, you can pick specific lots that you want to sell. Mm-hmm. So if I own Amazon and it's making so much, this happened to Apple. It got went up so much mm-hmm. that it became more than 5% of my entire portfolio. I could go back and sell the ones that were at a loss, take their tax write-off. Mm-hmm. Also, my tax account or CPA, but also lower my exposure, take that money, invest in something, a company I believe in that, to make it better. And then I'm covered to your point. Yeah, you're right. If Amazon does become the next GE, I'm, I only have a 5% exposure to it that i'm not going to lose from it yeah i mean um, five five percent i mean anywhere i mean some some up to ten percent but but i mean i'm more comfortable with some positions but knowing knowing your limits and 
whatever it's, I mean, personal finance, it's more personal than anything. So whatever's comfortable for you and allows you to sleep at night, those are the things you can do to help. The other thing I want to say is that like, uh, like you, I'm no tax accountant or, or CPA, but there's many people that like their dividends and they like dividends because of the tax benefits. But depending on your tax bracket, oh, yeah. just selling a stock can be similar, just as you were saying with the tax loss harvesting. So if you have a company that doesn't pay a dividend, but it's, it's grown in your portfolio, just by selling those shares, it's like you're giving yourself a, a dividend. Now there's the point of return and risk of right, when right. taxes come in and that's for everybody to decide, but it's, it's not an either or where you have to have dividends or you have to have growth. You can use them synergistically together and you can use this to trim positions and put it in other stuff. And it's like you're giving yourself a dividend. The more I hear about Elon Musk, the more I don't want to have exposure to Tesla. I just, I just tell you what I'm, I'm really conflicted on this one too, especially since um, I, I I try to invest in in companies I really like, and it's getting harder and harder being a share owner of Tesla with that <laughs> totally running it because oh, it's just yeah, having having an affair with uh, Surya's wife, the whole Twitter thing. I mean, just the biggest troll. I mean, all the things he's done to pump the stock up in the past. His, I mean, he's partly responsible for for the rise and fall of dogecoin right just based on his tweets and how many people just lost real money putting it into to a coin that that has absolutely no no value no no use case and it just it just doesn't i, I do not you know. own tesla as an individual shareholder holder off the top of my head i've got exposure in arc i've got exposure in a um the vanguard um esg um, mutual fund, mm -hmm. but that's about it. I mean, I'm sure I got in the S&P 500. Yeah, it's in blah, the blah, but, but like, I don't know it individually. And I feel to your point, I can go to sleep at night feeling good about that. Yeah. Um, Did you and, hear too that they, uh, part of, again, uh, and so much of the earnings story for Tesla has been um, the tax credits, the, the write-offs for, uh, for electric cars. And then also, sold something like $985 million worth of Bitcoin that he had on the, on the balance sheet. So there was a couple of years ago when, when uh, it was really a push for Bitcoin, put a lot of it on his balance sheet. And I think slowly they've been uh, selling it off. So um, this also, I still, uh, I don't know how much money they're making from, from actual car sales, but it seems well, like. What was the uh, stat I saw four years ago, Tesla was making 5,000 cars a year. Mm. Now they make 5,000 cars a day. That is pretty impressive growth, actually. I mean, really so, getting those factories online. And uh, I, I'm nervous too. I, I, sorry, did you have a, I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you have a point on that? Oh, uh, it, was, it was gone. I'm sure. All right, so I'll keep cutting you off then. Yeah, My that, point is, and I'm stating the obvious, and we could go down the line, but I don't think someone is riding McDonald's coattails. Right. I think there's McDonald's. If you look at what they're and there's a point to where I'm getting at. If you look at their competition, I don't think anyone's even close. I don't think anyone, I'm just looking at tomorrow's earnings. I don't think anyone's close to Chipotle. I don't think anyone's close to Microsoft. I don't think anyone's even close to Google. I think GM, which actually they report tomorrow, GM Ford, they're on the coattails of making electric cars. And they're, they're here to party. You know what I mean? Well, especially if Ford 
I mean, I don't know if this is going to happen, but there's talks of Ford spinning off the electric vehicle division Ooh, because that's, that I like is by far the more more profitable. And that's where it starts getting interesting if you're looking at something like Tesla that uh, is just a publicly traded company doing electrical vehicles, or if you have a separate class of Ford stock that is just their electric uh, vehicles, because I think Ford, hands down, is still by far the, uh, the bigger car producer. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, they really do have a pledge to, and I think GM has this too, to, to make all their vehicles electric by 20. 2040 or 2050 and in places like europe and these are multi-national brands that, that sell all over the world i mean in places like europe it's going to be much much sooner so there's also the other thing i would tack on with this too i think there's room for growth in the infrastructure because as it stands right now i mean i have an electric vehicle the range on it is not very good so it, it, it's great for around town but there's not a whole lot of charging stations either where I could uh, juice it up and take it on a longer road trip. So I think that there's going to be plays here too that increases the uh, the infrastructure to put charging stations all throughout the country, as well as roads that may also have solar panels built in them that can charge your cars as driving. So interesting times we live in. Where we are going, there are no roads. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to be the pick in the axe where Imagine if there's a company, because right now Tesla has their own charging centers. Mm-hmm. Imagine if, I don't know, what's a, what's a clean, all right, I'll say it. I'm biased. I'm, I've been on an energy kick. Next era, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, NEE is the symbol. I think they're my favorite energy play if I had to pick one. Or when I say utilities, sorry. Yeah. What's to say they don't make a charger for GE or GE? Yeah, right. They couldn't do anything <laughs> with that. GM, Ford. Tesla, you name it, they can all take like a universal charger that NEE makes. They plant it all through the United States. They're reaping in the, the cost for it. That's kind of what I'm thinking about for the to get in the EV part. Yeah. I mean, there's all sorts of things too. I mean, NextEra also is uh, big on the renewable energies with uh, with wind with wind power. And Ooh. I remember seeing this um, this ad, this YouTube video for, uh, it was a Mercedes-Benz um, electric vehicle. And I think it's only in Germany right now, but it, it gets something like um, a thousand kilometers to a charge. So that's like 600, 600 miles, which is pretty good. But one of the things that I thought was so cool about it, I don't remember all these features, but one of the real problems with electric vehicles is when you drive on the highway at high speeds, that drag actually really is a, is a heavy toll on the battery usage. But this, because so much wind is blowing at the vehicle, there was features in it that used that wind drag and somehow restored the wind that was blowing on it too, and using wind energy to recharge the the batteries as you're driving. So that ties right in with your next era thing. If they're already a large player in wind energy too and electricity, who knows what else the future holds for companies? Well, like it's that. like, you know, I like uh, I don't know utilities. That's not my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. That's why I buy the VPU. V is in Victor, P is in Paul. Using utilities, that's a VPU, twelve percent. Uh, Next era, the rest is a bunch of utilities. When people are installing their Tesla like charging stations, Duke Energy's there to like mm-hmm. pick up the bill. Excel's there to pay for it. That's why I love VPU. Deucer Tom's telling me we gotta do some buy, sell, and hold and wrap this up. All right, let's do it. Um, all right, I'm gonna do uh this week. It's I think this is probably one of the Biggest earnings weeks I can remember in a long time because we're going to hear a lot of inflation. Mm-hmm. Some are going to hit, some are going to miss. 
there's going to be like, again, I mean, to, to my point, my counterintuitive, it could be McDonald's says inflation's hurt us. They're down 15%. Chipotle says it hasn't hurt us one bit. They could be up 12%. Mm -hmm. We're going to see a lot of numbers. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, again, let's do some buy, sell, and hold. Deucer Tom's on us on it. I got some buy, sell, and hold for you, all right? I, I have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, Sherman. The Shermanator <laughs> from, uh, what's that? American it's American Pie. Pie, right? Yes. All right. Here's, here's the, the dud one for you. And I think I know what you're going to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. These are all companies that are reporting earnings this week, uh, the 26th to the 28th. Uh, yeah, 26th to the 28th. GE. <laughs> Teldoc. Teledoc. And uh, Albertsons. I sell it old. Uh, you got to do it. You got to yeah. do it. I, I guess uh, it's hands down. I'm, I'm, I'm selling uh, GE and uh, <laughs> Teladoc. I mean, there's still the, uh, the future is uh, like the Terminator says, uh, Sarah Connors, the future is unwritten or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> there's always a chance that uh, Teladoc here that can do something in the next 20 years. Maybe it's one of those gyms that doesn't show up. The, so that'd be my buy. And then uh, Albertsons, I, uh, man, I shop at that grocery store all the time. So yeah. I don't know if they play a dividend, but that seems like one that might have a little dividend too. So I feel comfortable holding that. Let's do a let's do a good one here. Google. Are you doing Are you doing the same on that? I think that uh, oh, my uh, my messing with you. I mean, I would say I guess put in my speculation bucket. Teladoc is down so much. Mm -hmm. Just I'd buy Teladoc out of principle. I have to sell GE. Mm -hmm. Yep. I cannot buy it and i will not hold it i don't care what happens i have to sell ge and i guess i would just be holding the albertson same as you so i've got then alphabet google same company for those that are listening um alphabet apple they report on thursday and waste management i sell and hold it's a tough one. I mean, I own all three of these companies. Actually, I like them all. That's me too. Tough, but I guess uh, the. I mean, waste management. I, I'm gonna sell it because I just think even Oof. with their their steady cash flows and their dividends, I think the potential growth in the other two. So I'm just gonna hold Apple because I have enough in it already. But uh, again, Google on most every valuation metric looks undervalued, so I'll buy more Google. I'm actually, and this is where it depends what your portfolio is. I'm selling Apple because it's hitting, it's so close to that 5% consistently because mm -hmm. it's been such a, a winner. And so is Google. So I'm holding Google, I'm selling Apple and I'm buying waste management because it's actually pretty low in my portfolio. I got one more I want to throw at you. This is earnings for this week, buy, sell and hold. And actually, one more thing here on yeah. uh, on Google, I was thinking too, when you mentioned the uh, the holdings of the uh, the VOX, the communications. Ooh, it's, I love uh, that one. It's I was thinking about this too because it separates the uh, the Class A shares and the and the Class B shares. They're doubling like up. So when yeah, when you think about it, it's really Google is the largest holding in that uh, in that uh, 
portfolio, right? In the oh, communication yeah. sector, even though it looks the way it's listed, it's below something like Facebook or whatever. But yeah, you get plenty of exposure. I think it comes out to 22% or so, right? So for every $100 that you're putting in that, you're getting plenty of Google at 22 bucks. If you just to go, and maybe I'm trying to sell myself on it because I've been adding to it a lot and I own Netflix and I own Google, I do not own Facebook. But if you take Google 22%, Facebook 16 We'll throw Netflix at five. So that's 22, 30, you know, whatever, 40%, give or take, right? Mm -hmm. That you can own every $100, 40% of it goes to Google, Microsoft, or Google, and then um, Meta, and then uh, Netflix. Sorry. Everyone's like, yeah, of course we get it. That you can still get a dividend. Mm -hmm. You're buying that every time. Now I know what your pushback is. You're also owning AT&T and there's a bunch yeah. of like, you know, Disney, but it's a small proportion. It's not like AT&T. That's why I like the VOX. They're doing that. I guarantee you 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, I, I bet you that was probably like a top 10. It was a top two holding was, was probably AT&T. Now it's like number seven. I mean, just it's like you with GE on principle alone. I mean, I, I will never own AT&T, but I would also say that about um, about Meta as well. But this is, I mean, this is the the contrast of you and I and our in investing styles. I mean, you can have funds and you can just uh, just do that and let others decide for you. Or if you just have some strong convictions one way or another about companies you don't want to own or more of ones you do want, you can always go the route. Or there's the hybrid combination of both. You can take a percentage, larger part, put it in whatever you feel more comfortable in, whether it's a fund, and then pick some individual ones. So there's plenty of ways you can do this. And I guarantee if you take the symbol VYM, which is the Vanguard uh, high yield dividend, you're some guy 20 years ago, you're buying that. I guarantee you GE was probably the second largest holding. Maybe the third top I mean, five. There, top I mean, five. there was definitely times where, yeah, the uh, definitely top the, five. The uh, the 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 yield was was higher. I mean, again, starting around the time of the financial crisis, it was probably looking really high too. And this is what we talked about. Don't just look at the yield because there may be a reason why stocks that are going down will make that yield look higher. And there may be reasons why stocks are going down too. I mean, meaning that. But my point is. Down. You just keep buying the VYM, VYM dividend. You know, do it for you. Vanguard is going to take out GE and realize that the dud it is and then replace it with Home Depot. You don't have to do any of that work when you're buying these mutual fund e ETFs. It was oh. kind of funny. I was watching a real quick side and I was watching CNBC mm -hmm. and some guy was like talking about, you know, outperforming the market. And the guy was like, you know, we don't even need to be here. Just buy the VOO and you're you're good. <laughs> yeah, and then it was like, kind of like everyone looked around the room like, dude, could you could you not say that? Yeah, it's just like you kind of ruined our stick here. Yeah, but he kind of was like, anyway, well, let's get back on to the hot stock pick. Mm -hmm. So I got last one by selling hold for you. Um, I, I actually want your opinion on this. Roku? Chipotle? Kraft Heinz? Selling... Kraft Heinz. Ooh. And uh, between. You're Roku. selling Kraft Heinz over Roku. This I, I want to hear this explanation. Well, this is, again, this is like the top five 
in the bottom five. I would put Roku in the bottom five right now, and I would put mm -hmm. uh, Kraft Heinz in the in the top five, or even our conversation mm. of looking at 2002 to 2022. I mean, honest question back at you. 20 years in the future, do you think there's a more chance that uh, if we're looking at the, say, let's just break it down the top 50 companies by revenue. 20 years in the future, is there more of a chance that Kraft Heinz is going to be in the top 50 or that uh, Roku is going to be in the top 50? I'm going Kraft Heinz. I Seeing as how that it's never been in the top 50 in any of the years that we looked at. It's, 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 it grows maybe 3%. Same could be said year. with Roku. <laughs> yes, Same could be said with Roku. It could be, but I'll take my chance. And we've already established that whatever the top 20 I'm going Kraft Heinz, man. And I don't know if it's because I've been on this uh, uh, kick of like, Craft Oots, <laughs> Frito Lay kind of like, and I I have no Craft Heinz exposure. I've got Roku exposure. I mean, yes, I'm 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 selling Roku. I've got Kathy Woods Arc. I got the Roku. I'm gonna buy Heinz, and what was my third one? Chipotle. Yeah, I'm holding Chipotle. That's what I'm doing. I mean, I will. Um... I'll be buying more of um, Chipotle and I would just be holding on to the, um, to the, to the Roku, but Kraft Heinz, I mean, it's cash flow positive, but it is not really growing. And in fact, I think their, their dividend has been uh, stagnant for, for quite a few years. I mean, their dividend is just always in jeopardy of being cut again. And yeah, I mean, it's grown its HC. dividend. It's, it's, it's paid a dividend for two years. Um, before that, uh, it Oots has been the, playing a dividend it, long enough, right? It was, I mean, I don't know where Oots is on the dividend either, but I mean, oh, Kraft Heinz is just, it's a turnaround kind of, it's one of those ones too, where they could be the next Kellogg's. Yeah. Like we got so many brands here, which are the ones that do this? So this is just more of a point. And also I think it was Buffett that invested a lot. And then those are one of his many mistakes where he's come back and been like, yeah, Kraft Heinz wasn't such a, Great yeah, deal. I like uh, Deucer Tom's uh, Buffett tweets about how like bowl of stock forever. I'm like, you don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean he breaks his own rules all, all the time. I mean, yeah, hold the stock forever. Uh, don't don't uh, no don't tech. Yeah, um, yeah. Look at his biggest position now. Or my favorite is just like uh, yeah, if I the uh, airlines one. Uh, yeah. You want to be a millionaire to start off as a billionaire and then buy an airlines and then like look at a couple of years. So anyways, here's the deal. Delta is really changing around. I don't think they're going to, I think they're going to be profitable from here on out. And then a year later, a pandemic comes on. He's like, so it turns out I can't quite predict air, uh, airline cash flows because it's very sensitive to uh, economic conditions. So I'm just going to dump that again too. So yeah, Buffett again, Sometimes I, I mean, I really love him and, and who am I to compare myself to him? But he pretty much, he's like a, yeah, do as I say, not as I do. Well, he's like me. I'm, I'm all over the place, man. I don't want Kraft Heinz. I don't want Roku. I don't want GE. Um, all I'm saying is that if I look at uh, 20 years in the future, I think I Kraft, going from. I, I would just, I mean, I'll sum it up. I mean, I know what Kraft Heinz is going to be. It's going yep. to be the exact same thing. It's going to be selling ketchup or whatever else. Roku, I don't know. could be the next Who big knows? thing. It could be integrated in some other tech company, which is very possible. Or it could just also be gone uh, as well. But I think there is more. So I'll, I'll, I'll kind of end on a positive. That's why I like Chipotle. Mm -hmm. Who knows in 15 years? We could be looking that Chipotle surpasses McDonald's. 
They could be the front runner for everything. Visa, MasterCard, they could come up. I mean, who knows what they're going to come up with, with electronic payments. Who knows? Um, I mean, Visa and MasterCard are such a good example of strong brands that are recognized worldwide. And I mean, credit card transactions here in our country are saturated, but I mean, as other countries like India and uh, in China and Brazil, I mean, they're, they're burgeoning middle class starts going, they're going to start using credit more and there's so much room for growth, but just how much we pay for things with credit and they just take that little slice with every transaction. I mean, if you really, when we get to this point where we're talking gun to my head and you can only own one type of stock for the next uh, 20 years or whatever, you can make a really strong case for a Visa or a MasterCard because almost every other company that we talk about, you have to pay for those services. And there's a large portion of those people that are using some form of credit to pay for all the things so, we're talking about. And then Deucer Tom says he's got a hot date, so we got to wrap it up. So I got a question. All your comments about craft, because this is when I'm going to get defensive. All your comments about craft times, I'm like, oh, I see what you're saying, right? I mean, mm -hmm. they're still just going to be doing ketchup and slinging uh, macaroni and cheese. I get it. I take Procter and Gamble. Mm -hmm. I like Procter and Gamble. I like having Procter and Gamble in my portfolio. I like having exposure to Procter and Gamble. I feel comfortable if, if it gets to that 5% mark. Couldn't you use the same logic with Procter and Gamble? And do you think the same thing with Procter and Gamble? Because I don't. If I look at Kraft and Heinz, I'm like, all right, that makes sense. But Procter and Gamble, I'm like, well, this is different. The rate I, I I like Procter and Gamble, and I don't like Kraft Heinz. But you could use the logic on both. Do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, I would say uh, Procter and Gamble is a stronger, uh, stronger. I have a stronger uh, bull thesis for that in the sense that. Now they have consistently raised their their dividend. I mean, for something like 50 60, years plus. Yeah. I mean, I think they're closer to 60 plus years. Kraft Heinz, as I said, uh, I mean, new company. They're, they're, they're all over the yeah. place. Um, and Spending uh, money on uh, like stadiums. Procter & Gamble's not doing that. And um, when you look at their portfolio of brands, I mean, Kraft and Heinz are very recognizable and they have some other ones in there. But if we were to go through the list of Procter and Gamble again of how many brands that they own, that are which just we have done. And the other thing yeah. too is people might cut out certain things in Kraft Heinz. You're not cutting out razors anytime soon. I mean, yeah. I mean, they own Gillette, but I mean, just think of the Crest brand. As we said, just start in your, in your bathroom and just Go, go from there. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely PG. All right, man. Uh, Deucer Tom, good luck on the date. And uh, that's all I had for today. Anything, well, you want to throw anything else out there? No, keep listening. Thanks for all the feedback, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Check us out on Twitter at two buds, talk stocks, luck, like all the feedback. That's been the one that's been popping a lot. Yeah. People have been sending me a lot of D what are they called them? DMS. Is that's that right? right, man. Sliding into your DMS. That's what the kids say these days. <laughs> All right. We'll see you, Nate. All right. Take the earnings season. Yep. Right back at you, buddy. If you have any questions about any of what we've talked about today or something we missed, feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at two buds, talk stocks or on Gmail at two buds, talk stocks. And occasionally we post pictures on Instagram at two buds talks talks and if you listen to us on a platform like apple where you can leave a rating or review please do so it might help bump us up in the algorithm and get more listeners until next time thanks for listening